0: On this episode of Lights, Camera, Transaction, I talk with the mad hungry woman, who's not mad, unless she's hungry, and we talk about Gordon Ramsay, and eat some chocolates. Alright, welcome, Lights, Camera, Transaction. This is our podcast, and this is our guest, Anita Lau. Hi. Hi. How are you?
1: Good. Good.
0: Anita is also known um, as the Mad Hungry Woman, which, uh, by the way, why don't we start there? How did you become Mad Hungry Woman? That's your handle. That's your moniker, your Instagram name, your blogger name.
1: Well, it actually, it started because um, I, I, I had an original blog prior to Diary of a Mad Hungry Woman. Um, I was writing in the format that I used to write when I lived in Hong Kong and um, when I moved here it was like a different, different time, different you know environment, everything was different and uh, it really didn't go anywhere and um, I actually got bored reading my own blog at the time. And I thought, you know what, something's gotta change. And at the time, people were um, really writing more like the way they spoke. Um, And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give that a shot and I'm gonna change the name of my blog. And uh, Tyler Perry's movie was out at that time, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, I think it was called. And I thought, thought, you know what, not black, but I'm hungry. (laughs) Um, you're not mad. I'm I'm mad hungry at times. <laughs> um, and I do get hangry when I am hungry. <laughs> um, and if you ask my son, I'm sure he'll tell you that I do get irritated when I'm really hungry and my blood sugar, you know, drops. Um, so I can get mad at times. When
0: you're hungry or hangry.
1: Yes, but in general, no.
0: So... Catch everybody up to speed. You moved to Orange County, when was that? How long have you been in Orange County?
1: I'm in my 14th year now.
0: Okay, so you moved to Orange County. When did you start writing, why about restaurants? You know, Take us from the beginning to where you're at now in your career.
1: Okay, so I um, lived in Hong Kong for almost 10 years in the 90s and um, I've always loved food. When i was in college in australia i had my own uh catering company which i kind of had on the side while i was going to school Mm -hmm. and i found that i really enjoyed it um but it wasn't anything full time and i never took it you know farther than just what i did then and when i moved back to hong kong um i really wanted to get into the publishing field uh so my third job was with the Lifestyles magazine. And uh, being the newbie, um, the other gals, all they wanted to write about was fashion, and they dumped everything else they didn't want to do in my lap. But what was lucky for me was, it turned out to be everything I love to do. So it was food, it was entertainment, it was arts, you know, music, things like that, so... um, I just took it. And the company also had um, an annual book that they come out with with the top 100 restaurants in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And I ended up writing for them as well for a good 10 years. Even after I moved here, I would go back and I would still be writing for them. Um, That in the nutshell is how I got into food writing.
0: That's awesome. So how do you decide which restaurants to feature?
1: So um, I have PR companies that invite me to some of the restaurants Mm -hmm. and then with others, um, I go out and eat with my friends or my family. And usually everything I write about right now has to be something that I like, or 75% of the food that I've eaten has to be a positive experience. Mm -hmm. If it isn't, then I don't really bother writing about it. Earlier on, I was writing about restaurants that weren't great. And I found that I wasted like two hours on this piece just to tell people that, hey, don't go there. Um, I felt that people didn't really care that much, you know, because they wanted to know where to go and not really something bad. And it just didn't feel good also writing poorly about a restaurant you know and so you
0: think of your average restaurant these small to medium-sized businesses they're locally owned these guys are trying to make it work and a bad review can do a number to them
1: well years especially if
0: if their intentions are in the right place if it I get it it's hard to write a negative review
1: well I'll tell you why I stopped writing negative reviews Um, when Back in the, when my son was a baby, Yelp came into play yeah. and um, because I wasn't working then, but I still wanted to write, I ended up writing so much on Yelp and there were oftentimes bad reviews mm-hmm. that I wrote on mm-hmm. there. And after I moved here, uh, somebody on Yelp that we knew used to say things like, oh, if Anita Lau writes a bad review, then watch, they're going to go out of business. And it happened several times and I felt really bad about it because Mm -hmm. they were small businesses and this was their livelihoods, you know, Mm -hmm. and I felt, I felt somewhat responsible. So I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, So that was what made me stop. I stopped writing about bad experiences, you know, Um, not that I wouldn't let them know, Mm -hmm. you know, when I go in to eat, if they ask me for feedback, I would let them know, but I just don't want to advertise it. You know, it, it. It, it's not, it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, about well, myself. I can
0: speak to that. So when I first reached out to you, which I think I was trying to think of this earlier, I think was on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yes, it was. But I remember that when I moved here and I wanted to get involved with in the restaurant community, I think you were one of the first people I reached out to. I don't know what I was looking up, but you, you know, with your level of influence, you came up right away and then I led me to your blog and. Started reading what you were doing, and I was like, "She knows what's going on." And I sent you a message. We got together, and I think we hit it off right away. And that was years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, any time that that uh, you know you've made an introduction to me, or I've met with somebody that knows you, your you know your review and your name holds a lot of weight, which is which is awesome. You know, I think that just means you've done such a stellar job in your career of building up a brand that matters. Thank you. So on the flip side, having that kind of power, you need to to use it wisely.
1: Yes, I agree. I think sometimes, you know, when people feel like some sort of personal feelings towards a restaurant or a business, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they write something negative about that. um, I don't think that's fair. Um, I also believe in giving restaurants chances to redeem themselves, you know, which is why I always tell my friends when they tell me, oh, you know, I went to that place that you recommended and it wasn't great. I'm like, well, what happened? And they're like, well, something was wrong with my food. And I'm like, well, did you let them know? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. You know, you need to let them know to give them the opportunity to fix it. Because sometimes, you know, everybody has a bad day, mm-hmm. you know, we're mm-hmm. all human. Um, somebody might, you know, have had a, something happen in their family and something went wrong. Give them the opportunity to fix it. So that, is, that sits very high on my list, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Um, so let's switch gears a little bit here. You've got to do some pretty cool stuff um, that has started with your blog and has led to things like um, working with Gordon Ramsay, right? So you, how many years ago was it? You got to, to be a guest judge on Hell's Kitchen.
1: Correct. So it was filmed actually in 2010, but it didn't get aired until 2012.
0: Okay. And so, they filmed, they, I know they filmed in Las Vegas for a while. Did that where you filmed or was that here? No, was it was it, in LA. It was in LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did that come about?
1: Well, that actually came about because of Yelp. Actually, to be, it was quite surprising. They contacted me, and you know, because of the uh, amount, uh, the sheer mm-hmm. qu- quantity of uh, reviews that I did, yep. they reached out to me. Um, it was a fun experience. You know, it was it mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. So,
0: Gordon Ramsay in person, when the cameras aren't rolling, is he a different guy? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> super nice. Very humble and gracious, you know, not like his TV persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice guy.
0: I don't think anybody wants to believe that. I was hoping you were going to say no.
1: <laughs> no. Very gracious. Really gracious. And just, I remember seeing him. He's tall and very lean, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think he was a soccer player years ago. Mm-hmm. But... um No, he's a nice guy.
0: That's awesome. So you got to go on the show, and give me the quick rundown. What happened on that show? How were you involved? Did you get to judge uh, a certain dish? Was it the end of the show? How how did it work?
1: So when they contacted me, um, I've watched that show for years. So when they told me which segment it was, I knew exactly what they were talking about. So the segment was... um, I think there were still seven people remaining um, at the time. Yep. And um, they had to cook a dish and um, the judges had to review it, you know, taste it, whatever, and then decide how much they wanted to pay for that dish or how much, you know, they they would be willing to pay for that dish, um, which is... I mean, I do that even when I go out, you know, like just over the weekend, I was um, at a restaurant for a friend's birthday Mm -hmm. and I ordered chicken and the chicken came out and I thought, this is only $18. You've got to be kidding me. Like, how are they making money on this? And the chicken was really good, you know, and I was so surprised um, that like a bar had such good food. Um, And... I do this like on a daily basis you know i go out and i'm like how how are they charging only this amount or wow you know they're charging way too much for what i'm getting so it wasn't difficult um and luckily the other judges were kind of you know around the same mark so um yeah that was that was the um that was the segment that i had to do on Health kitchen
0: that's cool would you do it again
1: Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be as nervous second time around than the first time, right?
0: How how authentic is that live recording? I mean, is it is it pretty staged or is oh, it Oh it's not staged. Okay.
1: It's not staged. The only thing is there is no cutting and stopping. They they do it all in one take. Okay. Um, and then they edit. So there were moments when I, would, I turned around to Gordon and I said, well, if this plate hadn't, you know, done, well, and he's like, no, no, as is. Like, he just literally told me, as is. So I thought, you know, as is, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and of course, you know, they edit and cut. Um, the only thing I noticed was that it, um, the final product on TV wasn't in the exact same order. Sure, sure. Um, but that was it. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. else um, was very true to uh, the filming, but there was no music going on when we were being filmed. Yeah, And I remembered watching with my son when it aired and I thought, why am I feeling more <laughs> like anxious and nervous while Whenever, watching it on TV? When everyone's TV?
0: cooking and the, the intense music is playing, right. they're actually just sitting there in total silence is what you're saying.
1: Well, right, we're, we're watching off like a TV screen um, while they're cooking and then when it's time for judging then we go in but even when we're judging there's no music Um, and I think the the music was what made it so much more um, exciting and when I was watching it on TV I was like why am I feeling so nervous I know what happens (laughs) right (laughs) but I was feeling really nervous magic of production yeah
0: (laughs) Um. so we work obviously with a lot of restaurants and um, I know that people that do watch this show are usually involved with restaurants so from your take kind of being on the inside and how many restaurants you've met with and worked closely with ownership of restaurants over the years what are some of the major things that you see between why a restaurant makes it for the long haul and why a restaurant would go out of business? What are some of the the grand ideas of things that you see those restaurants that have been successful tend to have in common with one another?
1: Well, I think restaurants need an identity. Um, you have to be true to that identity as well. I think a lot of restaurants nowadays, and I'm talking about gimmicky, you know, um, Things that are, I guess, Instagram-worthy, um, but doesn't really necessarily taste great. That to me will probably have a very short shelf life, as you know, compared to something um, that is true to its form. Let's say, you know, a restaurant that has. A chef that's trained, that knows you know what he's doing, mm-hmm. and has a clear-cut plan and mission for the restaurant. I'm not saying that you know the Instagram-worthy places aren't fun. They are. They're they're fun, and they're you know you can get beautiful photos. But I don't think there's longevity in that, um, which is why like a lot of times they. They wrote like there's so many of them that come and then they kind of rotate out and become something else. Mm-hmm. Um, restaurants that have a, have longevity also um, is consistent. I think consistency is really important in the restaurant industry because you don't want to just go to a restaurant today, have a great meal, go back tomorrow, and then it'd be like, wait a minute, I came back for this specific dish. Why does it not taste the same today? That I think is a key to a lot of problems and a lot of places do have that problem. Yeah. Um, so th- those are my top.
0: What, um, how much does the, I would say, I was thinking ownership, but I'm gonna say more culture, which is really, I think brought on by the ownership. How much does that play into the success of a restaurant? Who's running the show and what type of culture are they creating as opposed to you know, the the location and the food and the concept. Like where, if you had to kind of sway the pendulum, where along the lines do those things differ between the ownership and the culture versus location, food, concept?
1: Well, location is important. Um, However, if your restaurant is just top-notch, people will come to your restaurant. So that is what I guess we call a destination restaurant, where people actually make the effort to drive to your restaurant to eat the food. Um, then there are those restaurants where, you know, for convenience sake, you know, where there's a lot of foot traffic, mm-hmm. they'll do well if um, if it's in a busy area, you know. But I guess um, ownership also, like say um, you have an owner who is just can I, can I name some people?
0: Absolutely. Laurent. We're going to tag them. Okay. We're going to tag their so, Instagram pages. So
1: for me, um, I'm just going to use someone like Laurent Rigno yep. of Mulan. Yes. Now, he...
0: Who's an incredible operator.
1: Yes. And to me, he is not only an incredible businessman, but his personality just brings everybody in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he is just... Effervescent. That's how I feel about mm. him. He, you know, you, you want to go to his place not only because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It has great, a great product. But he is like the best ambassador for his own restaurant.
0: Um, he greets people on the way in. Yep. He says hello to them. He greets them on the way out.
1: Yep. And another person. Tells the
0: story of the yes. restaurant to everyone. And, and
1: he, yes. I remember when he um, opened the first location. And, um, it was a couple of weeks before they opened and they did like a media, you know, meeting with him. And it was the first time I met him mm-hmm. and, um, I asked him, and he, he's like, I don't know if people will come. And I said, well, how often do you plan to be at the restaurant? And he said, every single day. I said, they'll come. They'll come because of you. Yes. And that was the same thing with my friend, Renzo Machiavello, who owns um, Renzo's The Taste of Peru in Lake Forest mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. originally in Irvine. And it was the same thing. Everybody went because of him. You know, he is just the bigger than life personality. And I think that's very important as well. Um, you can only go so far with social media, you know, but when you have a personality... Um, and someone who is so passionate about what they do people are going to come because they can feel it, you know so, yeah.
0: That's awesome Um, Anything you want to leave us with? What are you working on? What's coming next?
1: Um, Some things are in the works, I think. I'm just deciding Um, Still pretty active with my ladies, La Dame Descoffier group um, We're a philanthropic Group of um, women that are in the culinary and hospitality, and um, we raise money, you know, for different charities and scholarships. Um,
0: we'll put the URL, but we'll need a spell checker. We'll Google it.
1: I'll spell it for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and where we'll also, uh, you know, put your web up, website up, your social media handles. It's Mad Hungry Woman on Instagram. Um, your website is
1: madhungrywoman.com.
0: Awesome. Um, And you brought me a present, which I'm gonna open live (laughs) on the air.
1: It's a little late. It's not really live,
0: (laughs) this isn't recorded live. Um, But whatever it is, because you told me what it is already, we're gonna share it. But this is suspenseful for the viewers, they have no idea (laughs) what this could possibly be. Uh. Oh my God, it's Seize Candies.
1: Since I didn't see you over the holidays, but there you go.
0: Thank you. I am going to save some of these for my daughters because they love candy. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, let's give this bad boy an open here. Uh, I do miss Christmas, and it still has Christmas colors, which I can appreciate. Well,
1: it was supposed to be for Christmas, so. Help yourself. Do I get the first? Sure. All right. I don't know what these
0: are, but. I'm going to bring this back to the office so some other people can have it, too. Yeah, sounds good. little hint of cherry we're gonna turn this into a um kind of a a snack review show a little hint of cherry some chocolate and zoom in on these these nuggets here i think we got peanuts you can actually see the hints of cherry go on it's almost like a like a cherry filled snickers
1: well these gold balls are just balls of chocolate
0: mm. <laughs> Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And thank Paul. you for the chocolates. You're welcome. It was great to see you. Good to see you. Thank you guys for following along with Lights, Camera Transaction.